from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark, and today's topic is Eric Fisher and his injury. He is headed to a doctor in Philadelphia to have surgery on his core. With us today, we have Seth Kaiser from The Athletic. Welcome, Seth. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Always good to chat. Hey, not a problem. Eric Fisher's injury, got any thoughts on it? You know, it's obviously not great. Uh, The Chiefs ask a lot of their tackles. They tend to leave both Fisher and Mitch Schwartz on an island. Um, They run a lot of empty sets. That's a big part of what they do. That's part of running a spread offense like they do. So it's it's a little bit complicated. Uh, Fisher didn't play much in this last game against the Raiders, and Cam Irving stepped in and was actually surprisingly competent in pass protection. But it's always tough with him. He's been a streaky player throughout his career. It's tough to know whether or not that is a forever thing or if he just had one good game. Right. And when you look at this Ravens team, who they're facing on Sunday, you have to wonder if that's going to be an issue with Cam Irving. Although I will say he did a fantastic job in pass pro. Couldn't do much in run protection. So that's kind of going to be a problem. But the Chiefs haven't been running the ball very much anyway. uh, And they haven't been running it very well when they have been running it. Absolutely. Uh, the the run game has been, I, I guess you could call it a disappointment. So much of their run game has been not used for much that I don't think that's going to matter that much. And I think the interior of the offensive line had a lot more trouble against the Raiders than Irving did, although he had a couple of really bad snaps in the run game. But overall, I think the biggest thing for the Chiefs, and this is always going to be the story, is if you can protect Patrick Mahomes, it'll be fine. They could run the ball for negative yep. three yards. And as long as Patrick Mahomes is protected, it's going to end well for them. Absolutely. You know, to add on a little bit to the story of the day of Eric Fisher not practicing, obviously he's probably going to be out uh, timetable right now just based on past injury history for other players is four to six weeks. So it could be that he's going to be out for a decent amount of time. Uh, you also are looking at not practicing LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams, as well as Tyree Kill, who is an obvious one. But it, there was a little bit of positive news on Tyree Kill. He's out of the sling and he was dribbling, dribbling a basketball at uh, the Chiefs facility today with his bad arm. Yeah, that's really good news. Um, it seems like he's maybe ahead of where they expected him to be. Uh, I think they'll probably keep him out for a while, but it's kind of we, we as Chiefs fans have become fairly uh, cynical about the phrase week to week because of the Eric Berry fiasco last year. But they did call him week to week. And for most teams that didn't just go through kind of a thing that makes them all cynical, they would say, oh, great, week to week. That means he could be back next week. So maybe because he didn't need to have surgery, because it seemed like none of the bad things that they expect to happen happen, and because, let's face it, Hill is kind of a physical freak. He's always recovered from little dings faster than most guys do. I could well be that maybe they're doing all the testing on him and he's testing out relatively okay and he's back sooner than people think. I No way he'll be back in time for the Ravens game, which would be nice because he was excellent against them last year, but uh, it's good news moving forward. Yeah, one of, the, one of the biggest plays of his career, I would think, that catch uh, on fourth down against the Ravens that helped them score to head to overtime. Uh, you're looking at being maybe possibly without LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams, although I think McCoy maybe plays this weekend. The question is whether or not Williams will. That's going to really test their depth at running back. You're going to have to, if you're not going to elevate anybody, you would have Damian, or sorry, you'd have Daryl Williams and you would have Darwin Thompson, who I think can both run the ball. But again, like we talked about earlier, if you're not running the ball that much, it's not going to be as big of an issue. 
Right. Um, Andy Reid's scheme can help in terms of, of getting people open in the passing game, which is where the primary value for the running back has been this year. And so that there, there's, there's some value there with, with Darwin Thompson. Um, that I think he can run the routes that are needed. I think he's got some quickness. But uh, like you said, it's just not as big a deal because you just don't run the ball as much. And so that, that does de-emphasize the importance. Now, it is a bummer because both McCoy and Williams are excellent receivers, and they've been doing a lot of uh, motioning guys wide, trying to screw with, uh, with, with schematic choices for opposing defenses. And that might be a little bit tougher if it's, you know, if it's Daryl Williams, they're not going to be as afraid as they are with Damian Williams. Absolutely. And it's also possible that Kansas City is going to run a guy like Anthony Sherman out there to play halfback for a couple of snaps and and do different things with him. Uh, That's going to be it for us right now. We will be right back and we're going to get down into a little bit more of the Raiders game and a little bit about the Ravens game coming up on Sunday. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your order, visit MackWeldon.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can improve your performance and have that extra confidence. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. With no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB, to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Seth. So how much fun did you have watching this Raiders game that was basically a tale of two quarters? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Um, I sat there. Did you feel good? Did you feel good in the first quarter? You know, I wasn't that worried. You know, things didn't look good. I tweeted out a couple things. Yeah, you know, Raiders are flying around. They don't look that sharp. Um, You know, that it didn't look good. But, you know, the reality is things turn pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, 10 point deficit for the Chiefs, unless you're talking with like three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, just really isn't anything. And so it's tough not to live and die with how each drive and each series and each quarter goes. But I'm trying to not be that guy because of what we saw Sunday is how quickly things can turn. Absolutely. And you start talking about how things turned. You had a guy in Patrick Mahomes who I'm not going to say couldn't hit the broadside of the barn, but was really not himself in the first quarter. He couldn't make the passes that he normally makes. He was missing passes uh, that he's made before. And then in the second quarter, it just all completely changed. Well, I think that's what ends up happening in terms of a of a small sample size, because he had uh, he had a couple missed throws, one to Watkins on the right side. When you look at the all 22, it looks like a miscommunication. There's one to Hardman down the left sideline where Hardman didn't flatten out his route. And so you end up with those two throws. You end up with a couple others where he didn't look like as accurate as he normally is. But it's such a small sample size. And that's the problem when drives right. end quickly. 
is that, you know, three or four plays suddenly sets the narrative for an entire quarter. And so uh, maybe well, would- when your defense can't get off the field and, and you are waiting to play, I mean, absolutely. You can't get in a rhythm. Right. And they, they, they kind of had a, a case of both going on in the first quarter there. Just, you know, football just is a game of small sample sizes. You really, the more that I watch, the more that I do, the, the more difficult it becomes to take a narrative out of any even individual game. Not, not that I don't try because that's the job, <laughs> but let alone, you know, a drive or even a quarter, because in any quarter, so many things can be wonky. And I think we saw that because the Chiefs were clearly the far superior team, even in the second half where they didn't hang up any points, you know, well, that's because they had, you know, a drive end with an unfortunate fumble, which happens, you know, they had a penalty call off a touchdown, you know, they, they, they were still moving the ball just fine. They were still clearly the much better team, but you know, if you watch that first quarter, you wouldn't know it. And you know, you, you had people just dying in my mention up, oh, same old chiefs. And it's like, you know, we are, we are removed from all that. And I just, you know, we got to the AFC Championship last year, won a home playoff game. They, 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 they contend with all the big boys. I look forward to, maybe it'll take another year, maybe two, maybe three. I look forward to that cynicism and that, that how easy it is for our fan base to become disheartened. I look forward to that slowly going away in the Mahomes era, and I think it will. Certainly sh- certainly should with the way he's been playing. You watched what he was able to do in the second quarter. Some of his throws were just out of this world. And then you start watching some of the throws that get called back. His throw to Demarcus Robinson in between two players got called back because the penalty was probably one of his best throws on the day. His touchdown pass to McCall Hardman off his back foot, what, 60 yards down the field was a great throw as well. I mean, (laughs) he's making throws that aren't showing up on the stat sheet, but they just are you anyway? Right. Um, it's it's absolutely insane what he can do. Um, and I, probably his best throw of the day in terms of just sheer, like, how did he do that? Was that 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 deep bomb to Hardman that got called back? Um, yeah, I, I looked at it, it was a little over fifty five yards in the air off of one foot because he's clearly he still wasn't quite comfortable on that left foot. And it's an unbelievable throw. And that ended up making the rounds on social media. And it's always funny when you, 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 you post these clips and every now and then one will make the rounds. And in, instead of being like a bunch of regular Twitter users, it's like all the credentialed media bigwigs that are like, oh, my God, like a lo- lo- the Lovatard show picked it up. And they were just like, what is this? Like, how does he do it? And it's just that's Mahomes like. He is not normal. Like, no one has seen anything like this. The things that he can do, like, we've seen Rodgers do it. And we've seen Favre do it. Maybe, like, Elway. There are other quarterbacks that do it. But he does this weekly. Weekly. Things that other guys only did a few times a season. Well, and you're talking about that specific throw. I thought his throw to Robinson between two defenders was even more impressive. Yeah, he threw 55 yards to Hardman on the money. But his throw to Robinson, he's falling away, jumping in the air when he's throwing the ball, sidearming it, what, 30 yards down the I mean, 20 yards down the field, but at least a 30 to 40 yard throw. And I don't think the ball came more than 15 feet off the surface. Right. Because, yeah, that that and it, that across the field that 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 people underestimate how much distance that adds to things. And it's just it's crazy. The things that he does and even more impressively. And this year, people are starting to notice 
You know, last year they were just wowed by the arm strength, but I think people are getting tired of things to write about. And they're starting to notice. I mean, he looks more nuanced. I've, I've charted two games of his now. I haven't charted a single happy feet snap. He averaged about two a game last year. And there were some games where he had like five or six, you know, where he scrambled around when he didn't really need to. He's become more nuanced in the pocket. He's going through reads faster. He looks like he's doing more pre-snap. I mean, he's better. He is genuinely, and you and me saw this at training camp, you know, we were like, man. Hey, how scary does that have to be for the NFL? Yeah, that, that's, I, I just don't know what you do about it. And I think it creates some interesting choices for the Chiefs moving forward because he obviously does rely on having a great group of playmakers and being in a great system with Andy Reid. But it's hard not to believe that when you have An- Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes that you could plug in a bunch of, you know, we'll use Madden, a bunch of guys who are rated 75 all around him. And you'd still, I think, have a top 10 offense at least. It's just unbelievable how good he is. Well, and you say that, and in, in that's coming off a game where you have a guy like Demarcus Robinson who hasn't, he's played throughout his career in Kansas City, but he's never had a game like he had on Sunday. Right. And I think that's exactly what is part of that. And Robinson has a role in this offense, but to see what he was able to do on Sunday, he became a primary receiver. I mean, when you are in a situation where you have Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins in as blockers and you're running a deep route to Demarcus Robinson, that says a lot about your offense. Absolutely. It says a lot about the faith they have in in Robinson. I I personally, I, I feel like I recall having conversations about Demarcus Robinson, but I can't remember with who. So let's no, no. say for I'm sure Robinson. it was with me. That's fine. <laughs> here's, here's the deal. Robinson. I've been, I've been told I'm a Robinson hater. That's fine. I will. I, 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 hey, I talked about him and I gave him praise on Sunday and sure. I'm still giving him praise for, for the game he played. My, right. my whole thing with him was he hasn't done this. This Absolutely. is what we've been missing the, the entire time he's been here. He Absolutely. may do the small things. He may do things that don't show up on the stat sheet, and that's great. But he hasn't had a game like this. Right. And I think everyone always argues, well, he doesn't have the opportunity and all that. But I think he had some chances last year to, to step up because obviously, I mean, the year before, and he's had his shots. Here's what's interesting with Robinson. He was he and Cam Irving were the two kind of headliners for my weekly film review. I mean, I looked at Mahomes and Frank Clark and the run blocking and the pass rush and a bunch of stuff. These these film reviews, man, Chris, they're going to be the death of me. I'm doing like 4000 <laughs> words a week. Like, well, what's another topic I could look at? It's getting ridiculous. But anyway, um, with, with and you can find that again on the Atlantic. Yes, on the Atlantic, on the Atlantic, which features many of your favorite sports writers. Um, <laughs> so the, the thing with it is that he looks like he's doing some of the little things better. He looks like he's getting better releases off the line. He looks a lot more comfortable hand fighting, which is something that always seemed to bother him in the past. He would get slowed down on his routes when guys were chippy with him or when they grabbed him. Now he's not even like he's not. He's just slapping the hands away and, and, and going. He's adding a little more. He's not just trying to run by guys. Robinson is pretty fast. Um, right. He's not a slow receiver. But he's a, but he's a possession receiver in this offense. Right. Yeah. Compared to he's <laughs> he is he is the fourth fastest wide receiver in this offense. And I'm not I'm not sure about that. I think DeAnthony might be faster. I would be surprised by that. I think DeAnthony's quicker. But I would be surprised, you know, put the two of them next together and run 40 yards in football pads. And I, my money's on Robinson. But Robinson's got a good combination of, of, of speed and quickness. 
But he, he never really added some of the nuance to his routes, and he would just try to run by guys. And he's fast, but he's not fast enough to play like that. And even, you know, look, Tyree Kill, the fastest man in the NFL, even he can't just get by just running by guys. You know, well, and I think the bigger I think the bigger thing that we've had we've talked about with Robinson is that at key times he's had bad plays. I mean, he's had drops that just really hurt, and I think that was really the big thing with him. And you haven't seen that so far this year. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't remember him much for that, but that again, that could just be me having a faulty memory, you know. So I, he's doing. Oh, there was a couple of plays last last year that I know you specifically pointed out that he dropped. Uh, there's one in the end zone that was low and another one where Mahomes somehow got away from somebody and made a throw. Uh, another low one in, in Robinson didn't bring it in, but, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah, against Denver. Yeah, I wouldn't call that really a crucial drop. I think they might have scored on that drive. But, I mean, he definitely has had at times issues. I think he's got good hands. I think he tracks the ball well. He just needed to put those things together. More impressive to me were some of the little plays. You know, he runs a quick, you know, quick five-yard out. Yep. Um, or that first first down that he caught where he had some open space in the middle of the field ahead of him. But instead of trying to ad lib, he trusted his route and Mahomes got him the ball and the Chiefs got a first down. He's I don't know if he's ever trusted his routes as much as he does now. And so we'll see, because I really think this is the kind of offense that's going to create a superstar every week especially while Hill is out. I think it's going to be a pick your poison thing. And Mahomes is that great. I think Kelsey's going to get his virtually every week. And we, we've seen that both weeks now. The, 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 the thing that is always going to be there is Kelsey. Well, but even when Hill returns, I think they'll rotate. And I still don't understand how you leave Watkins so wide open in the middle of the field on the third down. But when well, you're blitzing somebody. But, you know, that, that's beside the point. We do need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we need to move on to the Ravens. But uh, that specific play that I'm talking about, I think you know the one I'm talking about. I do. Uh, Scheme is everything, and that's the whole reason Watkins was so wide open, and I get it. But that's just that's bad defense. Uh, and, and thank you, Oakland, for having that. So uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the Raven game and what we Ravens game and what we can expect. If you found a hundred on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it: where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, Seth. So I know I heard from a little bird that you're going to actually be at this game. I am. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going and traveling down with my older sister, Hope. She attended the uh, the the Redskins game with me a couple of years ago. Um, one of Alex Smith's best games, actually. A big comeback uh, at nighttime. I think it was a Thursday night game, actually. Maybe a Sunday night game. Either way. Um, and so we're going down. We're going to be there Saturday evening. Going to go get some barbecue. And then hopefully maybe find a few friendly tailgaters on Sunday morning. And it's going to be great. We're going to scream our heads off and just go nuts. It's, it's going to be a hoot and a half. Well, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Kansas City is going to be ready for this game. They definitely like playing at home. Uh, and you have a couple of guys who haven't played at Arrowhead during a regular season yet. 
that are new, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew. What have you seen from them so far? Because they've kind of been not necessarily disappearing, but they haven't been showing up in the stat sheet very much. Well, I, I wrote about them a little bit. You know, you know me and stat sheet type stuff. Oh, absolutely. I, I I tend to whatever the the defense overall. I thought it looked good. Um, you, you always wonder. Well, did Oakland just start playing bad? And, and those answers are always impossible to really know inside of one game. But what I do know is that the Chiefs have played better through two games than they did last year. Now they didn't play Roethlisberger and Rivers this time. But in DVOA, they're the middle of the pack, whereas last year they were like dead last, right? Yep. Um, so that's in terms huge. of like, that's that's absolutely huge. And I, regardless of the stat sheet, no one can tell me that Frank Clark, after watching him in practice, after talking to Nate about how he was in practice, talking to you guys, talking to everyone else, no one can tell me that Frank Clark hasn't been part of changing the defensive culture on this team because guys are swarming to the ball better. Well, guys be a- are not... Absolutely. And it goes beyond culture for the, for me though. I saw him put Miller on skates multiple times and made Carr throw the ball early. That's not going to show up yes. in, a, in a stat sheet, but he's making plays. It's just not sacks. Sacks. Right. Come. He, he, the wins were there. The, um, de, uh, the, the Raiders have always gotten rid of the ball very quickly within like 2.3, 2.4 seconds. This last game, it's tough to get the sacks. Now here's the deal. When you're getting paid like a superstar, people are going to expect sacks and they, and that's fair because if you keep pressuring the quarterback, um, pro football focus has an expression that I actually think is, is a very good one where they say, you know, pressure isn't consistent or pressure is consistent. Sacks are not right. So yeah. if you really want to know how well a player can play chart, the, the pressures in my case, you know, I chart wins and losses. Clark won a fair amount of the time on Sunday, but he, he wasn't dominant. Certainly uh, Oakland's left tackles better than he used to be. Um, still not as good as Clark, but they, you know, they, they sent chips his way a lot. They were sliding protection his way. They were rolling car the other way. They were getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, the, the reason why the pass rush started to turn on a little bit more late is because, you know, they had to start doing more things. But I, I kind of highlighted that in the film review and I pointed out, you know, one of the drives, you know, Clark stuffs a, a screen for, uh, you know, lost two yards. Then the very next play, he's able to get a little bit of pressure and force Carter to throw it out of bounds. Neither of those really collected impressive stat. I mean, a tackle for loss is nice, but... Yep. You know, people don't really notice it because it's not a sack. It's not a quarterback hit. But because of the work he did in large part and, you know, the coverage obviously helped, too, on that second down, you end up with a third and 12 or a third and 17, I think, because they got a full start as well. So I think he's doing a good job. He's doing solid. I do think he needs to do more because, again, you know, you're 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 you are forming the defense around him because while he was solid and good. Chris Jones, who you haven't paid yet, was absolutely dominant. And yep. that's that's a thing. That's something that they need to figure out. Absolutely. And they need to, if they're going to pay him, they need to pay him now because it's going to be even worse if they try to wait till the offseason. Now, what I want to talk about real quick, we need to look at this Ravens game. And the one thing that I think is actually starting to play in the Chiefs' favor is, yeah, they're not a great defense, and I will say that, but they are better than they are last year. And I really think they can stop the run game a lot more than they could last year. They've had their they've had instances where they've been able to be run on, but I think their run defense looks better, and I think it's really going to help on Sunday. I think so too. Um, you know, the, the the Ravens, they're a complicated team to play. Their scheme is different than it was last year, and, and Jackson looks like a better thrower than he was last year. Lamar Jackson's an interesting case study to me because the minute you say that Jackson wasn't a good thrower last year, you somehow have people just like wailing and gnashing their teeth as though you've insulted Andy. 
and I don't quite get it because I was at the Ravens game last year and Jackson made some great plays and some fantastic throws. I was all over Jackson coming out. I always thought, man, he is the dude. Like I thought he is one of the dudes in this draft. Like I was high on him. I thought, man, I thought he might maybe be the best choice overall, honestly. Um, But he did struggle with consistent accuracy last year. That's just a fact. Yeah, he needed time to he needed time to grow. Yeah, and and you know what? They've 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 molded a really really great fit for an offense around him. They picked up a really fast wide receiver, a guy who runs great routes to try to who can get behind defenses, which is a perfect fit for what they're doing. They're using his legs as a weapon. Even just the threat of his legs is enough. And it seems like they've kind of figured out in Baltimore that when you've got a quarterback who can run like he can, you don't need to make him run 15 times a game. The threat of it alone will freeze defenses, the RPOs and all that stuff, but their offense has been doing great stuff. I think it's designed really well, but I do think I would assume now I could be wrong here. Maybe he'll be a complete, maybe he really has taken like a massive complete jump from year one to year two. I don't know. The dolphins game is meaningless to me. They're so terrible. Absolutely meaningless right. to me, um, but I mean, he was making some. But I'm not sold on the. I'm not sold on the Cardinals either. I mean, a new coach, new scheme, new uh, new everything right, right now. So right, and without Patrick Peterson, so really hard to use them as a. Yeah, they a, they let Trey measuring stick. They let Trey Boston walk in free agencies. A solid free safety that some reason no one wants to sign. And Patrick Peterson's out. You know, their defense is not as good as it was last year. But, you know, it looked good. It looked solid. Obviously, it didn't look world-beating. Everyone was like, after we go out, see the new Mahomes? I was like, ah, maybe, yeah, I don't know. But uh, let's wait for a minute and find out. Um, which, ironically enough, is the same argument people were making against Mahomes last year that I ignored and mocked. But that's very different. <laughs> I'm not a genius that can explain why things that look very similar are actually very different, Chris. Um, but I, I think it'll be... I think it'll try. Yeah, yeah, I could try, but I'm not gonna. I do think stopping the run will be important because they run the ball really well. Ingram's a huge part of what they've been doing. And the Chiefs have not been great against the run, but they haven't been terrible either. Been very kind of middle of the pack. Um, and, you know, really with Jacobs, you know, they allowed one big run. Aside from that, they mostly bottled them up. And it actually right. was funny to me in the third quarter as they keep handing the ball off. And I'm like, y'all are losing by 18. Like, what are you doing? And that's one of the big things that Kansas City has going for them is if they can get out to a quick lead. And with Mahomes as their QB, you would think that they're going to get out to a quick lead. And even against the Ravens, who don't have as good of a defense as I think they had last year, I don't think they have the pass rush they had last year. Yes, they have Earl Thomas, who says, who is quote unquote saying he's going to take away all the big plays. Yeah, good luck with that, Earl. Um, I still think this offense is going to be able to roll against the the Ravens this year more than they were last year. I I think so as well. Part of it. And here's the thing, you know, what they did with the Raiders is not going to necessarily be indicative of what they do with the, with the Ravens because the Ravens are a much better pass rushing team, but the Raiders tried to do a lot of the stuff that gave the chiefs problems in the past. They stacked guys up at the line of scrimmage and then dropped into zone blitzes. Um, and, and the chiefs had some stuff dialed up for that. Mahomes is not the same guy he was a year ago. He's had all off season to study that Ravens film, just like they've had all off season to study him. But unlike the Ravens, see, they're trying to, okay, okay. They only know there are only a few things that worked against Mahomes last year, right? So there's only a few things that Mahomes really needed to bone up on. And I'm sure he did on everything else too. There's only a few things that he needed to really, really, okay, what's, what's the answer to this? What's the answer to this cover zero stuff? What's the answer to these zone blitzes? Whereas the Ravens have to worry about everything when studying Mahomes' film because he's great at everything. 
So there's an inherent advantage there. And I don't think what they did last year is going to be as successful against him because anytime we've seen a team try the same thing twice against Mahomes, it hasn't worked out well. Like the Patriots, when they played Mahomes in the AFC Championship, they didn't play in the same way they did in the regular season because that would be suicide. Right. And the bigger thing that they're going to have to figure out is how do you play him now? Because if you play him the same way you played him last year, yeah, he's gotten better, but he's also not playing the same way he was playing last year because he can't run. He's still hobbled by his ankle. Uh, and until he's able to actually step into throws, I don't know how many throws I saw him throw off his back foot that made some of his throws that he made even more impressive last week. But he's still trying to come back from an ankle injury and he's playing through it. Right. And that's very, very impressive. He definitely looked a lot better, a lot healthier against the against the Raiders than he did in that second half against the Jags, where he was clearly like hopping around against the Raiders. You could tell it was a little gimpy, but he was able to move. I'm hoping and I, I think I think this should probably prove to be pretty accurate. I'm hoping he'll be close to 100 percent against the Ravens because I think he's going to need that playmaking ability. Yeah, certainly could. All right, Seth, we got to get we got to get going. Uh Give me your prediction for this Sunday's game against the Ravens. A million to nothing, Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Way this to put is, yourself out there, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm going to be there hollering. I, this is a tough one. It, it really could go one of two ways. Uh, the Chiefs haven't been really blown out in the Patrick Mahomes era. That would surprise me, right? Um, other than that, there aren't a lot of things that would really surprise me with this game. Uh, they, they, both teams are playing really, really well. Both teams are very well coached. Both teams, I think, have their guy at quarterback. Um, I think Baltimore's defense is better. I think the Chiefs' offense is better. I, I think one thing that the Chiefs have going for them that the Ravens don't have going for them, I don't think the Ravens' offense is as varied as the Chiefs. And I think every week that goes by is going to make life a little bit tougher on that Ravens' offense. I agree with that. What do you think the final score is going to be? A million to nothing, Chris. Oh, what? come on, dude. I, I, uh, uh, 17 and a half to 29. 17 and a half to, <laughs> 17 and a half to 29. All I'm right. So go, not sure I'm how they're going to get that half point, but I'm going to, if I really were, you know, gun to my head, I'd say 33 to 24 chiefs. Okay. So a two score game. There you yeah. guys have it. Uh, you know, you're looking at, we're talking to Seth Kaiser of the Atlantic. Thank you very much, Seth. No, it's the athletic. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on, buddy, as always. Oh, hey, always, always good talking to you, man. And at least Ryan wasn't here this time. So there you go. Yeah, I know. There you go. That's that's perfect. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us today. That was Seth Kaiser of the athletic. Thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.